Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. 
God bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord shine his favor upon you. You're listening tonight to Reaching Out Radio International. And tonight's broadcast is In the Word with Sister Pearl. What a blessing, as always, it is to be able to greet you in the name that's higher than any other name in the entire universe. And that's the wonderful name of Jesus. God bless you so much. Um, I just want to greet all of you that are listening from around the world, literally. We're in every continent, probably except for Antarctica. Every other continent, we're right there. And, um, you know, as I was thinking about this program tonight, I was thanking God for the, the great privilege and the honor that he's given me to have been able to travel to some of the places where some of you are listening from. For instance, um, I know what it is to live vast country of the People's Republic of China. Um, and so I, I have also had the privilege of not only living in foreign hotels, but actually living in some of the places. You are such a special people. You open up your homes to me. Let me sleep in your beds, uh, eat your food. And so, you know, sometimes when I am bringing the word of God, I imagine being in some of those different provinces that I've been around that great nation, but also been to many of the provinces of the Philippines so many times from as far north in Luzon Island, as far north as Abra Ilocos Norte, and all the way down to, wow, Mindoro Oriental, and then in so many of the other provinces throughout um, the great island of Luzon in the Philippines, and then so many other places as well, Malaysia and uh, Singapore and Taiwan, so many of these beautiful nations I have had the privilege of visiting and ministering. And so when I speak to you, I speak to you not just as an American, but I speak to you as your sister in the Lord, uh, your sister in the faith. Even though I've never been to Australia, I have so many wonderful Australian friends that I met in Asia, and I feel like I've I've also been to Australia, even though I've never set foot on Australian soil. But I've been I, I've been so close to so many of you. And also for New Zealand and uh, just so many other places. Then when it comes to the South American continent, there's so many wonderful people that I know from many, many different nations in South America. You name it. Uh, so many of them I've met, I've fellowshiped, I've hugged, I've loved. And so when I speak to you, I, I feel like I'm speaking to people that I know. And then again, continent of Europe. I've even baptized some people from different nations in Europe, people from Germany and Denmark and um, France, so so many other nations as well. So I just want to say God bless you. This is your sister Pearl. Um, it's such a privilege to be back with you again. And I have a special word that the Lord has given me tonight. Actually, I was just speaking at a conference last Monday 
um, evening. And I've been absorbing this particular word that the Lord gave me for them last Monday. And it's not leaving me. So I'm really captivated by this theme of reverencing God. So I want to start out um, with a word of prayer tonight. And then we're going to go straight into the scriptures. Straight, straight into the word that God has given me. I always like to give a shout out to Evangelist Montel Fields because I love her very much. And she is the reason why myself and others can be um, hosts and hostesses on Reaching Out Radio International. So we want to really bless the woman of God, thank God for her, and pray God's very best for her and her family. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, stand in awe of who you are. There is no one like you in all the universe. Thank you for your great mercy. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for not treating us as we deserve to be treated, but always being so full of love and kindness tender mercy. That's the kind of God you are. That's the heavenly father that you are. And I just want to take a moment to exalt your name. You are so worthy of the praise. You are so awesome. There is none like you in all of creation. I just thank you, Lord, God, that you are not one that was created but that you're the God who does create. You're the one who has always been there. You have no beginning. You have no end. You're God. And beside you, there is no other Savior. So I ask you to just bless your handmaiden one more time. Bless me tonight so that what I speak can be only from you. To bless people, no matter where they're listening from, whether it be Asia or in the great continent of Africa. And I, so many of my African brothers I have met in China and have um, loved them, ministered to them, and, and they've been such a blessing to me as well. So, Lord God, I just ask you to bless each and every listener in all the continents and all the nations that are listening in tonight. God, no matter what their circumstance, no matter what their situation is, Always allow them to reverence you, and they're going to see you perform miracles that they need in this hour. God, take away any kind of distraction from the people that would be listening so that they can just be focused and laser-centered on, on what you're saying and how it applies to their lives. Thank you for how this applies to my life. I've been so enriched and blessed by this word and you keep feeding me with new things about this word and i just thank you god beat back the forces of darkness that would try to bring hindrances and blocks to the people trying to come from hearing god we take authority over everything that's not like you every spirit that's contrary to the spirit of god we take authority over it and we make it subject to god's spirit right now in the name of Jesus, let your word go forward with great clarity, great unction, great anointing to set every captive heart free for the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. 
So like I was telling you before, uh, I'm going to share a word that the Lord gave me for a group that I ministered to, a group of ministers themselves that are uh, God is using them in phenomenal ways uh, to minister to young women that are in crisis pregnancies. And these people house them and love them and care for them and train them and disciple them and teach them and, and take care of their babies as well at least for a certain amount of time. So I want to to share with you that word, but I'm going to share with, with you some more than I, I, some of the scriptures that I didn't even share with them Monday evening. God's been working in my spirit and working in my heart, and he's get, even building more on this. So um, I want to start out with a scripture that I did not share with them on Monday evening. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 14. And it reads like this. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and listen to his voice and not rebel against the command of the Lord, then then both you and also the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God. I'm going to read it again. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. If you will fear... What does fear mean in this context and this scripture? It means to reverence, honor, respect. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and listen to his voice and not rebel against the command of the Lord, then both you and also the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God. Samuel twelve fourteen. We know when we reverence God, that means we respect him. And we respect what he has to say on a matter. We fool ourselves when we think that we know as much as or even more than God who is holy. Thinking I'm thinking of the horrific atrocities done during the Nazi invasion. I just recently saw a a documentary about the horrible things that took place in the Holocaust. And, you know, when you think about that and the invasion of the Nazis in certain European nations and the cowardly mass genocide of, of, of Jews in those nations, one can quickly realize that there was absolutely no reverence or reverential fear of God. Because when you have reverence for God, when you, when you have a holy and a healthy fear of God, respect of God, when you're in awe of God, understanding that he's God and you're not and I'm not, then our actions are going to show that we reverence God. And unfortunately, Hitler and all of the people in his Nazi regime, they clearly had no reverence for fear of God. And you might say, there were churches in those days, and there were pastors, and there were leaders in those days. But let me just say something. Any Christian church that was Catholic, or Protestant, showed no respect for God if they were not fighting against the evil 
that existed in their and in their day, and they were there living while Hitler and his Nazi regime were doing what they were doing. Yes, people were having services. Uh, people were singing hymns. Yes, they were. And we even know of some churches that sang hymns louder when they heard the trains coming past near where their churches were, and they knew that those trains were, were filled with precious Jews that were on their way to being murdered. And yet they kept on singing. Well, we can sing songs. We can even read Bible scriptures. But that does not show that we reverence God. Self is not proving that we respect God. We respect God when we honor God and his will. And we want to fulfill his will in our lives. Now, the, the way we also treat the unborn in the nation that I'm from, America, but not only America, around the great majority of the world, the way we treat the unborn that's developing in their mother's wombs clearly reveals, sadly, that as a world, we have lost the reverence for God. We've lost the reverence for God. And, and that's, that's a very important thing. It's so interesting what um, the word of the Lord, how it came to the people of Israel under the prophet Samuel. Because Samuel said, if you will fear the Lord, even though you chose to have a king. Now, God was your king. When you have the opportunity, please read the entire chapter of 1 Samuel chapter 12. So you can get the whole story, beautiful story in context. But Israel people, the Hebrew people, God was always their king. God always took care of them. But because they saw other nations having kings, they decided that they too needed to have a king. So rather than honor the fact that they had the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords, as their constant king and guide and protector and savior, instead of doing that, they asked the prophet Samuel, they wanted God to give them a king. You know, God is not going to break anybody's neck. He's not going to force people to do the right thing. He gives us a free will. I'm going to cut there and then come back to the message but just let me just say something because it's so tempting i cannot help but, but interject something here right now god who is holy god who made you god who made me god who created the universe does not break our neck and mandate us to do things he gives us a free will and I say this, I'm not going to get into this whole COVID pandemic or plandemic or whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to get into that. But I am going to talk briefly about the mandates that are being 
you know, made law now in many parts of our world. So people are being mandated to get an injection, which is very, very strange, very, very novel, very, very new, very, very unusual, but they're being mandated and then told, if you don't get this, and everybody should be free. Again, we have free will. Why do we have free will? Because God, who is holy, gives us free will. He, does, he never says to us, serve me or you will not be able to eat. Serve me or you can't keep your job. Serve me or your child cannot go to school. Serve me, or I'm not going to let you wake up tomorrow morning. God, God's not like that. And he's God. Can you imagine? And so now you have wicked men and women causing extreme division, schism, and causing so much anxiety and fear and just horror because of they want to mandate and make you do something even if you don't want to do it. They're going to bribe. They're going to make you do that. Let me just say something very clear. Being God, if anybody has a right to mandate, it's God and only God. No one else has a right to mandate anybody. That's it. That's it. So so let's just make that very clear. God does not mandate. Because here goes, these people of Israel, I'm going to repeat it, they had a king, had a great king. God himself was their king. They decided they didn't want God anymore to be their king. Now they wanted a fleshly king. And they got one. But even still, God in his mercy and his loving kindness still said, look, you went ahead, you got a king, you rejected me, basically. You went ahead and you got a king, a human being, to be your king. But if you would just serve me, if you would just listen to my voice and not rebel against the command of the Lord. Now, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. Both you and also the king who you got to replace me, that king who reigns over you, he will follow the Lord, your God. See see the key there? If you reverence me, then even the king that you put over you will follow the Lord, your God. So what does that say to us? As citizens of whatever country you are a citizen of, if you will reverence the Lord, if you will honor the Lord, if you will respect the Lord and not do it in, you know, hiding behind bushel or hiding your light. Today in church, my pastor taught about being salt and light. If you're unashamed and you're willing to shine your light 
and revere God and honor God and respect God, not just in your home, quietly in your own room, but for the world to see. Guess, guess what's going to happen as a result? Whoever is your leader, they too can watch you. Some of them will also follow the Lord your God. I believe the reason why, at least in America, I can say this, the reason why we're in the kind of difficulty that we are is because the church has failed to really, I say this in general, the church in general in America has failed to respect God. And how can you say that, Sister Pearl? How can you dare say that? Well, the majority of the church in America, the majority, not everybody, but the great majority has nothing to say whatsoever about the slaughter of the unborn in their mother's womb. And if we had respect for God, if we honored God, if we feared God in a healthy way, if we revered God, we would have a lot to say about that. But we don't. We don't. We don't. Too many of us, we know more about what happened to some latest you know, celebrity than we do the word of God. Now, this is a shame. Again, why do some people know more about a movie or a character in a movie or about a, a plot in a movie? Why do some people who claim to be Christians, why can they tell you much more about that than they can the word of God and what's in the word of God? Sad to say that's because they don't respect God's word. They don't honor God's word. They don't revere God's word, but they will sit down hours, kinds of stuff, some of it filth, and that's what they honor. And God is saying in this critical time that you and I are living in, we've got to respect God. We've got to bring back the reverential, holy fear of God. And we cannot make other people do that. But if I do that as one person, then and praise God. I'm honoring God. And if you're in a place where you can teach somebody and educate somebody how they can also honor God. Like I remember when I was teaching in, the, uh, in a school, in a middle school, and the kids were, you know, with swear words and then they would use God's name in vain. And I would say, wait, 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 wait. Nope. We don't use the name of Jesus. We don't use the name of God in a cheap way because God is holy. Because they would be saying what they hear their adults saying. Like, oh, my God. Or they would say, Jesus Christ. Well, that's no respect for God. If we say that, that shows no respect for God. If something happens, pray to Jesus. We don't use his name like the people in the world use his name. So if we have teaching moments, use them. Use them humbly. Use them respectfully. But by all means, use them because that's your God they're talking about. That's the creator of the universe, God. That's your personal God. Don't feel comfortable and don't smile and laugh when somebody's 
talking about God in a cheap way. You should not be laughing. You should not be grinning. You shouldn't be with the crowd. Just like if somebody's saying a lot of, you know, profanities and filth, you shouldn't be laughing with that if you're a Christian. Because you reference God, you respect God, you honor God, and you know that you're there and the Holy Spirit of God lives and dwells inside of you. So he's right there. So what business do you have entertaining that kind of or those kinds of conversations? You don't. All right? Now, let me talk about reverencing God. When we reverence God, I tell you, things change. Things change around us. Things change around us. Do we realize that without God, we can't even move? Paul the Apostle told unbelieving. I mean, these are people that did not know the teachings of the Lord. They were living in Athens, Greece. They were worshiping, worshiping a God they did not know. And, and, and then Paul was there to introduce them to the true God. The true God. And he's in the true in the name of the true God, that's the one in whom we live, move, and have our being. So that's foundational truth. So we should revere and honor this God. Because without him, we're not moving. Without him, we're not breathing. Without him, we're not really living. Okay? So we must respect God. And I want to share with you three snapshots really quickly to show you some examples of people that honored and feared God in the Bible. Remember that reverence is defined as a deep respect. It's a deep respect, a feeling or an attitude of deep respect, love, and awe. I believe God's people in this critical hour, was, we must not only humble ourselves before God, but we should intentionally and purposefully take on a posture of reverencing God, who alone has all power and all authority to do all that is needed to be done in the day and the time that we are living in. And I don't care challenge you have. You may have just lost your job. You may have been terminated or, or, or you've been asked to, you know, you've been thrown out of your school. Maybe you didn't go along with the mandate. Maybe that was something that you didn't want to do. And so now you're jobless. And so now you're not in school for those of you that were asked to leave. But I want you to know that even in today's day, with the pressures that are increasing, I want to encourage you, I want to remind you, and I want to show you some other people that went through some very difficult things. And God reverenced by these individuals, and God saw them through the victory on the other side. So let's look. The first one that I want to look, the first snapshot, I want to look at my personal all-time favorite in the Bible, other than Jesus, of course, and that is Joseph. I love Joseph. 
oh my goodness, one one night I think I was going to preach about Joseph. There's so many aspects to this great man of God and for the, for the things that he's gone through. I would love to just spend an entire um, session or broadcast or maybe even two broadcasts just discussing Joseph. I absolutely love him. But I'm not going to go into his full story because of the sake of time. However, what I want to 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 emphasize and what is noteworthy for tonight's theme is Joseph's response to Potiphar's wife. Joseph, the Bible tells us, was a good-looking young man. And his boss's wife obviously was looking a little bit more than she should have been looking at him. And she got herself in all riled up she got herself all excited. She wanted to sin sexually with Joseph. And so she, you know, she approached Joseph. She told Joseph, come and lay with me. Of course, she had a husband. The only person she should be laying with is her husband. Certainly no one else. But she was a lustful woman. Uh, she thought probably that she was, you know, she was rich, so she could get whatever she wanted. You know, she could buy whatever she wanted kind of a thing. So this is, I want you to listen to Joseph's response to this woman that was trying to entice him to get him, you know, involved in sexual sin with her. Look, listen to what Joseph tells her. It's, it's, it's just classic. Genesis chapter 39, verse 9. Joseph tells her, no one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? So Joseph clearly understood his elevated position, which he earned serving his boss that was gracious enough to reward his dedication and hard work. He rewarded Joseph by making him the top administrator and caretaker of his home. So Joseph, however, above all, he knew and he acknowledged to Potiphar's wife that his highest allegiance and devotion was to God, Almighty God. Joseph, in this case, he reverenced God. Joseph had too much respect and awe of God than to entertain his lustful master's wife. Joseph called the proposition exactly what he knew God thought of it. It's wickedness. You and I need to call sin, sin, and not call it by another name. And if we sin, we need to be honest and don't just say, we made a mistake. No, we sinned against God. And Joseph said, I'm not going to sin against God. Joseph was all, also very much aware that it would not merely be him making a mistake but sinning against God. The same God who delivered him from being murdered by his very 
own brothers. I tell you, family, if they're not really connected to the vine or they're just religious, they can do some ugly, ugly, ungodly things. And God rescued Joseph from his brothers. Joseph was determined that he would never sin against God by laying with Potiphar's wife. Joseph reverenced God. And when we fast forward and look at Joseph's outcome in the end, how exactly did Joseph reverence of God in the final analysis of his story? Well, again, we don't have time to get into his whole story. But Joseph eventually became the chief in command over all of the food resources in the world at that time. And this is what it says in Genesis 41, verse 57. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph. Not just from anybody or from the pharaoh or from somebody else. They bought grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere. We see that the entire world at that time when this story was written and when it happened, the entire world had come under a severe famine. But God raised up a man who reverenced him by the name of Joseph. And everyone from every nation that needed food had to come to Egypt and come and stand before Joseph in order to get the food and the sustenance that they needed for themselves and their family. So God in his loving kindness raised someone whose brothers wanted him dead to one that would feed a hungry and famished world. That's what can happen when you and when I reverence God. Joseph could have easily said, look, I've been through a lot. You know, I need a little human companionship, even if it's my boss's wife. Some people would have said that. And he'd go through a lot. But they would have been very wrong to do so. No matter what he went through, he still would not be where he was had not been for God. Who delivered him? God delivered him. God delivered Joseph to be a deliverer to the entire world at that time in history. I do not exaggerate. But the very same God, he would love to use you to be a deliverer in the sphere of your influence, pass until you and I endeavor, until we intentionally make it up in our minds to honor and respect God because he truly is worthy of such honor and highest respect. The second snapshot that I'm going to take a look at, you and I are going to take a look at tonight, is with two very special Hebrew women who are known and they're found in the Old Testament, their names are Pua and Shifra. And their story is found in Exodus, the very first chapter, um, chapter 1, 
verses 15 to 21. I'm going to read it to you really quickly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God, awe of God. They reverenced God. They honored God. And they did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh. Of course, they kind of told a big one. Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. I'm telling you, when you reverence God, you're not going to decrease. You're going to increase. And we're not doing it to increase, but it's just a matter of fact. When we honor God, even if our lives are taken, taken away from us, our physical lives are taken away from us, trust me, the spirit of God in us is going to, just like our brothers and sisters that were martyred in Afghanistan, the story is, is, that I'm hearing is that the church is growing in leaps and bounds in Afghanistan. When you reverence God, God's going to bless you. And so because these midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Look at what, look at what we just read. Because of Shifra and Pua not doing what the wicked Pharaoh wanted them to do, but they allowed instead for the Hebrew little baby boys to live. And they knew they were taking a, a huge risk. If Pharaoh found out what they were doing, he could have had their heads. They could have been killed immediately. But they feared God and they reverenced God and they honored God and they respected God more than they did the Pharaoh. You and I, 1021, we have to reverence God more than anyone else on the planet. Reverence God. Remember, they were Hebrew women living in Egypt. You and I are foreigners if we love Jesus. We are foreigners living in a strange land. The Bible says it. And so while they were residing in Egypt, working for and governed by the Pharaoh, they were keenly aware of the absolute need for them to honor the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who they worshiped as their own God. Amen. Amen. You and I are, go, are challenged today. Are you going to reverence God? Or are you going to bow down and kowtow to the false God of this world? Shifra, the poor's obedience, resulted in the Hebrew nation growing and becoming stronger while still in Egyptian captivity. Whoa, that's amazing. Truly amazing. As do blessings and the favor of God bestowed on them. That's why they got it, because they honored God. And when you honor God, God will honor you. And we don't do it for God to honor us. Because who are we? And then lastly, I want to share with you a man in the New Testament. 
who we need to take a quick look at him and see how his reverence for God has impacted most, if not all of us, present, listening to this radio broadcast. If you're listening and you're not Jewish, then you've been touched by this gentleman that I'm going to talk about right now. If you're a Gentile believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then know that it was because of the reverence of this man called Cornelius, an Italian from the city of Rome, who had great honor and respect for God. Not for many gods like his neighbors did or his colleagues did, but he had respect for the living God, even though he did not really know him that much at the point before or the time before, Peter went to explain to him more eloquently and adequately the word of God. So Acts chapter 10, you can read this story. I don't have a lot of time tonight to read the whole story to you, but I can only tell you that um, his prayers came before God as a memorial, as a memorial before God. Read his whole story, Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 7. Acts chapter, the angel of, of the Lord, I can tell you in verse 4, said this to him. Cornelius stared at the angel in fear. And he said, what is it, Lord? Verse 4 of Acts 10. The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as memorial offering before God. And so he, Cornelius, was the first Gentile that we know recorded that was worshiping God, loving God, praying to God at least three times every day, seeking God, not God like his neighbors were doing, but one true God. And so he so was dedicated and reverenced God so much that he God got attention and God sent him an angel and God brought through Cornelius being the first one, the gospel spreads from Cornelius's time now to the Gentile people around the world today. So we are grateful to God for raising up this man that didn't really know before everything about God, but he knew there was a one true and living God, and he was worshiping him. Why is the Lord giving me such a message in, in and for these unprecedented times, I strongly believe that he desires to develop a reverential fear right now, 2021 in October. You know, we've deterred as a nation and as nations and as continents, as peoples, even as Christians, we have deterred, we have deterred, I should say, we have straight away from having the kind of awesome respect of God that he deserves. Sometimes I cringe when I hear people talking about, oh, yeah, God, that's my buddy. God is not your buddy. God is your God. He's not your little friend and my little friend and my little playmate. No, God is God. He's holy. Yes, he's very personable. Yes, he's very Intimate and he wants to be very intimate with you and he loves you so much, but we have to respect him. 
we have to honor him. You know, when I came back from years of being in Asia and living there and serving there, when I came back to America, it, 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 it was like some people feel that they need to speak very softly when it comes to the name of Jesus. And they, they, there's a little bit of fear and there's, there's a strong spirit of intimidation. I don't know about some of your nations, but I believe that some of the other nations that I'm speaking to tonight, you might be living in a place where, you know, there's a lot of intimidation against you. You know, um, well, not intimidation against you, God forgive me. A lot of pressure against you. And so you feel intimidated. A lot of, you know, you're getting a lot of pushback when you talk about God, his goodness, and his reality. You're getting a lot of pushback. But I just want to encourage you, don't apologize for loving Jesus. Don't apologize for believing in the supremacy of Jesus, of God. Don't apologize. Don't back down. Don't dumb down. Stand your ground. Because you're on good ground. On Christ, the solid rock is where you should be standing. Don't let anybody, you know, intimidate you. And try to make you, you know, hush. Don't say, don't talk about God. Don't say anything about Jesus. You know, you don't have to be talking about God 24-7. But when the Lord gives you that opportunity by the Holy Spirit, and you will know if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, you will know when God is speaking and saying, here goes an opportunity, Pearl. Start talking about me. They're ready to listen. Then I need to talk. I need to take that opportunity. Amen? I'm going to read you one last scripture tonight. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence, here goes that word, and awe. You see, now that's how we are to serve God, with reverence and with awe. We're not to approach him cheaply, but to remember who we're approaching. And, and we're so grateful that he allows us. Our Heavenly Father says, come, child, just as a child will go to their earthly father or earthly mother if they have good parents, and that father and that mother is always so ready to receive them, so welcoming of them. That's how our Heavenly Father thinks about us and so much more. He's the one who created love. He's the one, if you think that you can be loved by earthly parents, if you've had loving parents, if you had normal, loving, healthy parents, I know a lot of people, you know, we don't. Some of us have had some, a parent maybe, maybe one parent that was really loving and another parent that could not express love because they never experienced love and they never got the healing and the deliverance that they needed. So they never expressed to you love. 
But that's not like our Heavenly Father. Always know that your Heavenly Father, he loves you. But this verse ends with this in verse 29. Our God is a consuming fire. People hear that, sadly, when they hear the consuming fire part, I'm somehow on the hunt to see whenever, you know, you did something wrong, you you made an indiscretion, you, you, you did something that you shouldn't have been doing, and then God is just looking for that opportunity to pounce on you, to, to say, okay, now I got you. You did something wrong. I found you. God is not about that. I mean, just listen. We started out this message tonight reading. I told you in First Samuel chapter 12 how the people went against God, chose a fleshly carnal king, but then God, in his love and mercy, he's still telling them how, how they can prosper. If they would just serve him, if they would just obey him, he was not going to, you know, kill them and destroy them. No. He was still going to work with them. He was still going to forgive them. He was still going to do everything in his power and his all power. He has no limits in power. He will do everything so they can succeed. That's who God is. Not somebody who's looking for an opportunity to hurt you. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, we see that God is an extremely gracious, long-suffering God, full of loving kindness and tender mercies to his children. He goes out of his way to make a way for us when he sees that we want to come to him. We could be a murderer. We could be even a child molester. Or what society would consider to be the worst of the worst. God still extends his hands of mercy and forgiveness if we're willing to receive his great sacrifice on our behalf and his total and complete forgiveness. At the end of the day, how could anyone think that he's looking for an opportunity to destroy or to hurt us? When he knew full well that we were the ones deserving of death, but then he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die in my place and to die in your place. This is our God. And this is why he deserves all of our reverence. Not some of the time. All of the time. Always. And so when it says that our God is a consuming fire, it means that he uses that fire to, to destroy the sin in our lives. Not to destroy us but to burn up the sin in our lives because sin separates us from God. Amen? So I just want to let you know again in closing. I'm going to read to you again Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. Therefore, Since you and I, we receive a kingdom, cannot be shaken. That means cannot means cannot under any circumstance. I don't care what you experience. I don't care what is coming down. I don't care who's talking about this passport, that passport. 
the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. So let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service, even now in the most difficult of times. And trust me, things might even get a lot more difficult than what we're experiencing right now. So hang in there and know that God's got you. Because his kingdom is never going to be shaken. It can't be shaken. There's no group of people, I don't care what they do, what position they have, they cannot shake the kingdom of God. A kingdom that you and I are in, let us show gratitude for this godly kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. And let us show gratitude with reverence and awe of God, who is a consuming fire to the wicked. May the Lord bless you. May his face shine upon you. We might continue this next Sunday, God willing. Let's see how the Lord will will lead me. But I hope that you understand that you, you and I need to be intentional about reverencing God. Always remember, if you are a child of God, that his Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and you want to reverence him in everything that you do. He loves you so very much. I love you too. In my limited capacity, he loves you limitlessly. And uh, his eyes are on you. God bless you. Until we meet again next Sunday night, God will be same time, same place. This is your sister Pearl in the word, your sister Pearl. God bless you and may heaven shine upon you until next time. Bye-bye.